Welcome to Law Radio. I'm Kate Galloway. We hear a lot in the news about access to justice, the idea that for many Australians, uh, we're unable to afford a lawyer to help us navigate the justice system. Yet all of us face myriad legal issues every day, sometimes without even being aware of it. In this episode, I chat to James Farrell of Community Legal Centres Queensland about community legal education and why it's important. And Melissa speaks to Lloyd England from Monash University Law Faculty about a new project developing free online courses in law for non-lawyers. First, let's hear what James Farrell has to say about the work of community legal centres in educating the community about the law. Now, James, first of all, tell me a bit about Community Legal Centres Queensland. What does it do? Thanks, Kate. So Community Legal Centres Queensland is the peak organisation for Queensland's 33 community legal centres. So we've got a mix of organisations across the state that provide legal help to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford it. Last year, we helped almost 60,000 clients with legal problems. So that's providing them with uh, legal advice and ongoing um, support and representation. Um, But there was about 70,000 others that uh, received information from us, which included through community legal education and other forms of work that we do. Okay, so when you talk about community legal education, what do you mean? Often when people think about the help that they can get from lawyers, they think about the help that they can get when things get to the crisis. So in community legal centres we see people who um, might be threatened with eviction and come and see us uh, the day before they have a hearing before a tribunal or before they're about to physically be removed from their house. Um, Or they come and see us when um, they've got a date in the family court or they've got an application before the magistrate's court for family violence protection kind of issues. Um, So when people think about lawyers that's kind of the role, it's kind of in court or at the time when things are about to go really bad. We talk about community legal education, we're talking about way before any of that stuff happens, educating people about their rights and their responsibilities, how they can take action to make sure that they're less likely to get to that crisis point where they need to be in court or where they need that lawyer providing that kind of help to them. Okay, and so what forms does community legal education take? all kinds of different things. I think in general there are there's probably two um, categories of stuff that we talk about. One is resources and one is activity. So when we talk about resources it can be um, fact sheets. So at the moment in Queensland community legal centres, legal aid and Aboriginal legal services have provided have produced about 400 different kind of fact sheets, brochures, self-help kits. They can range from all kinds of things to a guide for young people understanding their rights in relation to sexting, partying, public drunkenness, all those kinds of things, through to a how-to guide if you're separating from a partner and understanding, you know, division of property in family law things. So they're what we call kind of the genuine publications. People are also producing videos. So Tenants Queensland does some great work around videos about what to expect when you're heading into the tribunal to in a tenancy-related manner if you're threatened with eviction or um, a former landlord's trying to get their hands on your bond or any of that kind of thing. And then we have kind of face-to-face activities is another um, great example. So in the next little while, the Suncoast Community Legal Service has a play uh, called Piano Forte um, that looks at elder abuse. So educating older people in the community through a play 
way about where a family member might be trying to take advantage of an older person um, and financially take their money from them. Um, that sounds like pretty powerful stuff. Absolutely. It's really effective. I think, um, as I said before, when people think about lawyers' role, it's at that very sharp end. But engaging with the community and helping people to understand their rights before things go wrong. So in the examples I've spoken about, you know, before young people start you know, sending the kinds of pictures that they want to send to each other or, um, you know, before Nan's uh, uh, health starts to deteriorate and some of her decision-making capacity starts to deteriorate so that they can understand what potential problems might happen, what steps they can make take to protect their interests. Yeah, that's really interesting. And does government provide any of these sorts of community education resources or is this all done, done solely by community legal centres? I'm thinking, think the, I'm thinking the, about if you're a person who wants to get a bit of a handle on what your rights might be, certainly community legal centres seem to be one source for that, but perhaps there are other sources. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, some of the statutory agencies like Legal Aid do some great work. Right. And the Anti-Discrimination Commission or yep. the Human Rights Commission um, or the Public Guardian or those kind of um, organisations that have kind of specific communities with whom they're working that will have specific types of legal problems. Um, I guess... The value for us of community legal centres doing that work is that we're independent from that process. And so while a an organisation might think that things work in a particular way and, you know, maybe in their legislation or their guidelines they do work a particular way, mm. it's not necessarily how someone might experience it if they're walking through a courtroom for a first time or if mm. they're needing to engage in with a, um, a government department. So we can provide a different perspective, one informed by the work that we do with clients as to what people can realistically and reasonably expect when they're engaging in that stuff. So I understand that, and you're the peak body in Queensland, I understand that through the work that you engage in and perhaps other states do as well, you have that bird's eye view of the operation of the system and where it might come unstuck from the user experience, if you like. Yeah, I think that's right. And so when we're looking to engage in activities that we think of as kind of early intervention or prevention kind of work, and community legal education is one of the examples of that, it's absolutely informed by the casework and the clients that we're working with all the time. So we can assist individual clients with a particular issue, but we're better off, it's a better use of our resources and it delivers a better outcome for the individual clients and the broader community if we can prevent them having those problems in the first time. So we can see a hundred people with the same problem coming through our doors and try and resolve it at that very kind of crisis end. Or we can take some of that focus back to those earlier steps um, and educate them about ways that they can avoid that stuff. Or even earlier, work with government to change laws and practices and systems to make sure that the problems aren't happening in the first place. That was James Farrell from Community Legal Centres Queensland. While the legal profession and government and community legal centres are all involved in community legal education, universities can play a role too. Melissa Caston has some news for us about a new project offering a course in law for non-lawyers. Well, Hugh and I have been doing some work on a free online course that Monash is putting together. Can you tell me a little bit about what the course is and what the intention is behind it? Yes, certainly, Melissa. Thank you. Good to be here. So we're building a free online course called Law for Non-Lawyers, an introduction to law. I think the idea is to raise legal literacy around the world. So this is an online course. The beauty of the internet is it, it is a global phenomenon and students from all around the world can take this course and understand 
some fundamental tenets of our legal system. The idea is essentially to raise legal literacy, to get more people thinking about their rights and then their um, obligations towards each other. I like to think of it as a bit like informed consent, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, we've talked about how law is changing dramatically and, you know, the rise of robot law and artificial intelligence in law and even the capacity to do online mediation in certain types of disputes. How does the idea of, uh, you know, general the general public having access to law, statutes, um, you know, a general kind of basic literacy feed into the idea of what law is going to become in the future? I, yes, I think uh, the more we empower our citizens and give them language and understanding around how the law, the mechanisms of law functions, um, the better placed, A, people will be to avoid disputes in the first place, and B, if they find themselves in a dispute or um, a predicament, then they'll be better able to articulate what and where it's gone wrong, perhaps point to an area of law, Research is a, a tool now that we can all engage in online. The, the challenge is to sort the wheat from the chaff. Mm. Uh, but I think if citizens were more empowered to spot the issue and then to go away and do their own research, then even if they do end up seeking legal advice later down the track, they will come with it to that dispute armed with an understanding of the context of their dispute, some basic background understanding that should streamline the efficiency and the application of law, ideally, to make that intersect with a legal professional much more clinical and, and focused rather than introductory. So I think the more we can empower and upskill citizens around the world, around law, um, the better place they'll be to then go and seek legal advice later on. So you don't subscribe to the theory that a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing? Oh, look, I do, <laughs> uh, and it is. But then again, everyone's got to be able to cook you know, in order to feed themselves. And I think in order to pursue global harmony, uh, if everyone was more aware what a battery was, they'd be much more mindful where they put their hands <laughs> on the tram. And, you know, again, back to informed consent. People, I think there's so much legal illiteracy out there that people don't understand so many basic tenets. Is there such a thing as a verbal contract? What are your obligations in torts law? What's the standard of care? How do you breach that? Mm. You know, uh, Having done a legal, having had an illegal education, I all, the reason I studied law um, back in the UK was was to understand the rules of the game. Mm. If I gave you a playing a board game, the first thing you do is read the rules. Right. And in my mind, the law is just the rules of society. And without a basic fundamental understanding, then I'd be shaking in my boots signing an employment contract <laughs> or a new lease. And a lease lot of people or, are. Yeah, and, you know, and then you, you, you're online and you buy something and there's an I agree box. Now, even as a lawyer, I don't read that. <laughs> but I'm conscious that I'm not reading it, but yeah. I know I'm going to be bound. Whereas my grandmother would, if, if she was online in the first place, <laughs> she would be clicking I agree and not really knowing what, what, that she's, what she's signed up to. Indeed. Now, from a legal education point of view, putting together a, an online free course is quite a massive endeavour. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the elements that have had to come together to put together this material, which I, I assume is going to be live to go in October? Yes, that's right, Melissa. Um, it has been an interesting thing to pitch because we almost wanted it as a dinner party conversational level of understanding, basic comprehension, if mm. you like. Um, and asking lawyers to talk at 
generic and, and meta levels has been a challenge as most lawyers go straight to the granular <laughs> and are very uncomfortable moving away from the granular. But look, it's been a, a fascinating journey. We've distilled uh, four key areas that we're looking at. Contract law, mm. criminal law, torts law and intellectual property law. So we've got a nice mix of public and private law mm. and we're trying to educate people around the difference between judge-made law and the, and the doctrine of proceeding versus statutory regimes brought in by governments and legislation and we've used these four uh, fundamental areas of law as uh, an overview and an introduction to the way in which law applies to any any given scenario in in those areas so how have we done it we've taken case studies we've used a case study approach bob goes in to buy an apple he gets it home it's got a bug in it it's a slight pun there for the techno, <laughs> techno geeks, if you, if you look deep enough. You know, what's, what's the rights in contract law? And then we've filmed some legal academics, unpack that scenario mm. and apply some legal uh, context and understanding. We've then been very lucky to leverage off our extensive alumni network and get some views from the bench. Mm. Now, this was a, a, an afterthought, if you like, at the course design stage where we thought, wouldn't it be great to get some judiciary in the hot seat and, and film them and ask them what's their view and that's that's turned out to be one of the most interesting mm. and, and, and heartwarming facets of the free online course. And I know with these kind of um, online courses there's a lot of effort put into the videotaping and the interviews with various people to explain things but there's also a whole realm of materials that is not video it's it's the, the readings and the activities and all the other things that'll go on the website how's that coming along oh look one of the challenges melissa is is the the knowledge that a lot of learners are going to be in different jurisdictions so with a course like this we're trying to hang uh, australian law off of the principles to illuminate it but obviously got to be very mindful that the law is going to be very different around the world and it would be impossible to build a global online course that that catered to every single legal jurisdiction in the planet. Be back to Blackstone's uh, <laughs> dictionary size of, of any sort of uh, uh, credible understanding. So all we can do is use the Australian law as a context to contextualise the common law as it operates here and then to encourage learners to go and seek their own um, legal um, primary sources to find out what the law is there. So interestingly enough, we've collaborated with the library, the law librarians, and we're, we're shooting next week two short videos, one on how to do a good Google search. And that's <laughs> going to be great for any I think discipline. I might need to do that I course. Think I will be looking, uh, looking on with very interested ears. So again, how to sort the wheat from the chafe in a Google search. So they're going to be talking to us about uh, Google Advanced, which gives you much more specific right. search terms, and Google Scholar. And then secondarily, they're going to create a second uh, resource which is all hung around library guides. Right. And through creating this course, I've discovered a wonderful thing, and that's that all university libraries around the world have organised uh, all of their data mm. around these notions of library guides. Yeah. And that's going to be a great global tool that we can tap into mm. to help learners find relevant quality materials in their jurisdiction. Um, it's almost done half the work for us. You know? oh, so I hope so. <laughs> yay, yay for the librarians. Yeah, yay for the librarians. Yeah, so <laughs> That was Melissa Caston talking to Lloyd England from Monash University. You've been listening to Law Radio with Melissa Caston and me, Kate Galloway. You can follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And you'll find some resources over on our blog at lawradio.net.
Thanks for listening. See you next time.